Good Tuesday morning to you, family. This is Chris. You're listening to Encouraging Your Spirit, the podcast. I hope this message finds you doing well. Join us today as we're continuing our Sunday devotional discussion by looking at the uh, parable of the Good Samaritan, specifically focusing on the ending, which talks about go and do likewise. So I hope you join us for this fantastic discussion. Let's go to God for a word of prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for this wonderful Tuesday morning. Let this morning bring us word of your unfailing love toward each and every one of us. We thank you for your mercy and your kindness and your grace and your goodness. We thank you that you are faithful, that you are loving, that you're the God that knows our name, that delights in us, that already affirms and approves of us. Perhaps that's why the elders were saying, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. We, we say that song and, and, and sing those words because many of us have never had a friend as true and loyal and as fervent and as faithful and as strong and as always present as you are. You are concerned about everything that we're concerned. You're compassionate and gracious toward us. You are wonderful. You have a plan and a purpose for our lives. There's nothing that separates us from your presence. We there's nothing that separates from your love help us remember that we're greater than our circumstances and our situations that those situations and circumstances that we face they're not meant to distract us we can come to you sit with you and tell you all about it and that you hear us and you see us and you will answer help us oh god in this world as we have neighbors that are all around us Help us be sensitive to their needs and to, to, to whatever you know, might be going on with them. Help us not get so lost and so consumed in ourselves that we remember others. That they're all around us and that we are answers to each of them. Show us what those answers are to be if that's your will and, and your way. Uh, for us to, to show up for them in that in that manner. Help us to do it, walk in it, and move in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, how y'all doing today? So, I apologize for you hearing all the dinging. Yes, it's live from the truck. Yes, I'm uh, heading on to run some errands. So, oftentimes, that's where it's quietest. If that's even a word uh, <laughs> for me in the morning. Because my, my wife, she has meetings. Uh, so, I'm going to my notes. Hang on. Stay with me. Okay. So, we're looking. Turn with me to Luke 10, 25 through 37. Because we're continuing our discussion of the parable of the Good Samaritan. For those that are just tuning in, you might be like, when did we discuss that before? I gave you a snapshot of that uh, Sunday and Sunday devotionals. You know, be sure to check that out. Um, the three things that I left you with were about hurry kills, uh, practicing uh, love. Because I thought talked thematically about this, you know, I gave you a snapshot, you know. But let's let's look a little, little deeper. So we're reading uh, Luke ten twenty five to thirty seven. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked. 
What must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he, meaning the expert, wanted to justify himself so he asked jesus and who is my neighbor in reply jesus said a man was going down from jerusalem to jericho when he was attacked by robbers they stripped him of his clothes beat him and went away leaving him half dead a priest happened to be going down the same road when he saw the man he passed on the other side so too a levite when he came to uh, the place saw him and passed by on the other side sorry and saw him pass by on the other side but a Samaritan as he traveled came where the man was and when he saw him he took pity on him he went to him and bandaged his wounds pouring on oil and wine then he put the man on his own donkey brought him to an inn and took care of him the next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise and that's what we're focusing on today because i i think that it's important to think about what is the application of go and do likewise and, and in general of this story because you know yesterday when i was talking on sunday about you know a snapshot of the scripture and i just just read part of it i didn't even have the the actual scripture which is fine um i was sharing with you how you know there was another study that was talking to seminary students and uh, asking them why they went into ministry. And then uh, some of them had a variety of reasons. They said, you know, they wanted to help people. And so they gave them this task, the researchers gave them this task of telling them they wanted them to, some got the option to preach on uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan and, other top, and others got other topics. Um, what the participants of the study didn't know was that the researchers had staged and paid actors to be laying in the alleyway that you know these seminary students would pass as they headed to the campus building to preach the sermon also you know when they got ready to go to the campus building you know some of the participants were told you're late uh we, we actually needed you uh you know earlier and others were told you know you're actually early uh, you have plenty of time. And in that depiction, the uh, the results of that is they found that 10% of the students who were told you were late stopped to help the man or help you know the person that they had staged in the alley. And 63% of the people who had been told, of the participants that had been told, you know, you're, you're, um, you have plenty of time, you're early. 63% of those uh, participants um, helped and the researchers theorized that uh it isn't a or it, and or it wasn't about whether or not 
the seminarians wanted to help people. The issue was that they had been told, hurry. They had been told, you know, they would be late. So, you know, the author of the of the article theorized that hurry heals. And they use that as a theory because, you know, we don't have a depiction in this scripture of why the uh, Levites and the priests passed the the man. That we, we, we have no no information as to why that was. You know, there's a theory that said, well, you know, maybe, you know, perhaps the priest and the Levite were on to their um you know, assignments to preach somewhere to, to do something. I, I don't know. Maybe it's, and I don't think that's necessarily meant in an excuse, but some, you know, it, it's, it's left with a big air of uncertainty. Yet more so, I think about, well, what does that mean when we're thinking about the scripture? Because the reality is the, the, the part about the Samaritan is only a part of the actual scripture because the reason why it happened that you even got the story is because of the first two parts which were about um you know when when the expert is asking jesus what must i do to inherit eternal life and uh jesus says well he tells him the experts you know replies back to the lord and says love the lord you know your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength with all your mind two things that i think one thing that stands out to me is how isn't that in proverbs so it's always interesting when you see things, you know, more than once. And love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus says, hey, you're correct. That's right. Do this and you will live. But the expert, you know, was like, well, who is my neighbor? And that's the question I think oftentimes when we look at this uh, subject, and what happened is, you know, the idea of who is our neighbor? You know, what, what does that mean for our everyday life? What would be the application of do this and go likewise and <clears throat> what comes to mind is you know let's go into that a little bit deeper you know when we look at the phrase go and do likewise here's what we see Jesus isn't saying go and do exactly the same thing or go and do this once in a while too many times people me you us think that being a good Samaritan means volunteering, doing random acts of kindness or helping strangers in an emergency. It's not that I don't think that people should do that, but that's not the, necessarily just the sole message of our scripture today. Because why does Jesus tell this story? Especially when we look at the fact that it's not a story framed by uh, inherit, inheriting eternal life, you know? Because that's the premise. That's how we got to the story. That was the original question. Rather, Jesus is trying to teach his followers to apply, I believe, the Samaritan's courage, compassion, generosity, boundary-breaking solidarity in their everyday life. What would the world be like if we thought the state of our soul was uh, determined by our consistent emulation of the Samaritan? With this story, Jesus issues a radical challenge, you know, saying that they are that there are no non-neighbors. There is no one you can write off as other or outsider or outcast. We have to shatter the illusion that keeps us from seeing that we belong to each other. 
think it's Francis Greg Boyle says, there is no us and them. It is only us. And what would our lives look like that if we treated each and every one, or not just necessarily treated, because I, I shudder with giving the concept of treating because I don't want to make it um, behavior modification, when the reality, the, the real concept I'm trying to, to, um, to share is, what if it was our practice? Especially when we think about what's going on around us. You know, when we look at, you know, coming off of the election and, and the experiences in, in uh, that where winning is seen as more import, important than a shared commitment to the common good. Political polarization reinforces an us versus them. But when we look at it deeper, just in everyday life when we look at this this uh parable and this the meaning of this this these scriptures the samaritan resists the throwaway culture and instead of discarding others in need the samaritan draws near the samaritan replaces judgment with compassion fear with courage self-interest with generosity and separation with solidarity i mean think about it he doesn't go in the ditch and go, you know what? I don't know why this person is in the ditch. I wonder what they did to themselves. You know, did they bring this upon themselves by doing, you know, X, Y, and Z? It's not my problem. I don't have time to do that. None of those things are um, in are stated in the scripture or, or can, can be seen by the Samaritan's practice. It's also to think about, important to note that culturally at the time, Samaritans and Jewish people didn't have a good relationship, so... You know, the ultimate point is, you know, this person is has been beaten, stripped, robbed and left for dead. What keeps us from speaking up and being an advocate for other people, being be their poor people, be their marginalized people, being an advocate, being an ally for all people? What keeps us from drawing near to those who we consider other? or outside of our network of belonging. If we call ourselves Christians, then we have to evaluate the depth of our commitment to go and do likewise, not just once in a while or in an emergency, but wherever we are, however we can, no more and no less, because how we treat others, our everyday practice is how we treat God. That, that 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 to me I often think about that you know another reason I think about that this is because you know as I was saying um when we're looking at you know the fact that this uh Samaritan was willing to to go and and, and care for this person you know obviously you know the Samaritan had other places to go because he gave, you know, to the Mary and said, hey, you know, when I, when I come back, you know, I pay you, you know, reimburse you for, for your expen expenses. You know, <clears throat> so he took time. And how many of us, are, what's our, our practice in life where oftentimes, you know, we felt we're too busy uh, to be of help, to, to listen, to just be sensitive to what's going on around us. And I think that is so important. Another reason I think that's important is because 
when I think of the sensitivity and the need for sensitivity of, of things that are going around us, you know, in my own life, I can think of several people that I've known, either in Facebook groups or childhood friends that have lost spouses. If it's not this year, it's that people remember again because it's the anniversary of, of some of their spouse's death that maybe, you know, died a year or two ago. But it's still fresh, even though, you know, time has passed. Time time has not taken away that they remember loss, you know, during this season because it reminds them of, you know, the, this is when it all happened for some people. If loss is not the issue, if it's not a spouse or a child, you know, some people are grieving the fact that it's, you know, the holidays and seasonal depression is a real thing. Or just that concept and idea and statement about belonging. Because, you know, holidays and this season of going from Thanksgiving to December means home for some people. And a lot of people's uh, experiences of home is not like the Hallmark and Christmas movies. It's, it's just not, you know, it's just not that. It's not that 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 depiction, and and there's this longing of 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 home, of what it would be like if things had been different, or better yet, how can you re envision home so you feel better, or or can get through, or have a ray or a hope of encouragement, and I think about those things in terms of the experience of practicing love toward other people, the willingness to go to be present to sit with, to understand, to empathize, to advocate, to empower others. Instead of so many times we write people off and cancel people. Just my thoughts, just something I was sharing, you know, uh, with you as I think, as we talk about the idea of what does it mean when we're saying go and do Likewise, what keeps us from speaking up when we see injustices, um, things that shouldn't be happening? We see them. We see them. Some, some of us are in the circle of experience and we see them. Question of the day, why be silent when you know it's wrong? Why? Why be silent? You know. The top things that come to mind uh, socially, there's been a, the experience of, um, I think there's a singer, gospel singer that was outed. And regardless of how people feel about that, you know, just thinking about the community in which he comes from and just the negative comments that people have said on, on uh, social media. And those are just social media. Who knows what's being said in real life? But for those that know it's wrong to treat people as an outcast, speak up for people. Even if it's not a singer, speak up when you see injustice and things that shouldn't be. We get to say we have biblical, we have authority that is given to us. Why I, I, I'm often lost and why we do not use that to when we're in these situations to use our voice, to use our platform to to speak up on, on issues and and for people and to stand in the gap it blows my mind why we never do that or why we don't do it enough why we are not always an advocate and an ally for people 
draw near. And lastly, I have to say it again because it's a quote that I keep thinking about. Let's shatter the illusion that keeps us from seeing that we belong to each other. We are a part of a body. The hand cannot say to the foot, I don't need you. It, it just can't. It can't say that we are a part of the body. There is no us and them. There is only us. And my challenge for you, for me, for us today is to stand up for all of us when you're in those spaces, in those places, to replace judgment with compassion, to replace fear with courage, to replace self-interest with generosity and separation with solidarity. What would it mean to stand with others? To not just stand when it feels good, to not just get a play card or, or put a, a sign in your yard, but to stand with them every day in your community, in your circle of influence, in and on your job. We get to do that and we can do that. But in order to do that, you got to be present. You, you, you really need to evaluate where you are. Your commitment to go and do likewise. What's that like for you? And to do it over and over again. Not just once in a while or in an emergency, but wherever we are, however we can, no more, no less. In layman's uh, terms, start where you are. Use what you have. Do what you can. That's all I have for you today. I love you. You'll never change it. You be blessed. You can always reach out to the podcast um, for prayers and uh, thoughts of encouragement. And if there is any need that you might have, please know that uh, we will make sure that it happens for you and do our best to either help you ourselves or point you to a resource that can. Encouraging your spirit podcast at gmail.com. You be blessed. Peace. Good Tuesday morning to you, family. This is Chris. You're listening to Encouraging Your Spirit, the podcast. I hope this message finds you doing well join us today as we're continuing our sunday devotional discussion by looking at the uh, parable of the good samaritan specifically focusing on the ending which talks about go and do likewise so i hope you join us for this fantastic discussion Let's go to God for a word of prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for this wonderful Tuesday morning. Let this morning bring us word of your unfailing love toward each and every one of us. We thank you for your mercy and your kindness and your grace and your goodness. We thank you that you are faithful, that you are loving, that you're the God that knows our name, that delights in us, that already affirms and approves of us. Perhaps that's why the elders were saying, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. We, we say that song and, and, and sing those words because many of us have never had a friend as true and loyal and as fervent and as faithful and as strong and as always present as you are. You are concerned about everything that we're concerned. You're compassionate and gracious toward us. You are wonderful. You have a plan and a purpose for our lives. There's nothing that separates us from your presence. We, there's nothing that separates from your love.
help us remember that we're greater than our circumstance and our situations that those situations and circumstances that we face, they're not meant to distract us. We can come to you, sit with you and tell you all about it and that you hear us and you see us and you will answer. Help us, oh God, in this world as we have neighbors that are all around us, help us be sensitive to their need and to, to to whatever you know might be going on with them help us not get so lost and so consumed in ourselves that we remember others that they're all around us and that we are answers to each of them show us what those answers are to be if that's your will and and your way uh for us to, to show up for them in that in that manner help us to do it walk in it and move in it in jesus name we pray amen so how y'all doing today so i apologize for you hearing all the dinging yes it's live from the truck as i uh heading on to run some errands so oftentimes that's where it's quietest if that's even a word uh for me in the morning because about my wife she has meetings uh so i'm going to my notes hang on Stay with me. Okay, so we're looking, turn with me to Luke 10, 25 through 37, because we're continuing our discussion of the parable of the Good Samaritan. For those that are just tuning in, you might be like, what did we discuss that before? I gave you a snapshot of that uh, Sunday in Sunday devotionals. You know, be sure to check that out. Um, the three things that I left you with were about hurry kills, uh, practicing uh, love. Because I thought talked thematically about this, you know, I gave you a snapshot, you know. But let's let's look a little, little deeper. So we're reading uh, Luke 10, 25 to 37. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he, meaning the expert, wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to uh, the place, saw him and passed by on the other side sorry and saw him pass by on the other side but a samaritan as he traveled came where the man was and when he saw him he took pity on him he went to him and bandaged his wounds pouring on oil and wine then he put the man on his own donkey brought him to an inn and took care of him the next day he took out two denarii gave them to the innkeeper look after him he said and when i return I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think 
was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers. The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And that's what we're focusing on today because I, I think that it's important to think about what is the application of go and do likewise and, and in general of this story. Because, you know, yesterday when I was talking on Sunday about, you know, a snapshot of the scripture and I just, just read part of it. I didn't even have the, the actual scripture, which is fine. Um, I was sharing with you how, you know, there was another study that was talking to seminary students and uh, asking them why they went into ministry. And then uh, some of them had a variety of reasons. They said, you know, they wanted to help people. And so they gave them this task, the researchers gave them this task of telling them they wanted them to, some got the option to preach on uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan and other top and others got other topics um, what the participants of the study didn't know was that the researchers had staged and that paid actor to be laying in the alleyway that you know these seminary students would pass as they headed to the campus building to preach the sermon also you know when they got ready to go to the campus building you know some of the participants were told you're late uh, we, we actually needed you uh, you know, earlier, and others were told, you know, you're actually early. Uh, you have plenty of time. And in that depiction, the uh, the results of that is they found that 10% of the students who were told you were late stopped to help the man or help, you know, the person that they had staged in the alley. And 63% of the people who have been told, of the participants that have been told, you know, you're, you're, um, you have plenty of time, you're early, 63% of those uh, participants um, helped. And the researchers theorized that uh, it isn't, a, or it, and or it wasn't about whether or not the seminarians wanted to help people. The issue was that they had been told hurry they had been told you know they would be late so you know the author of the of the article theorized that hurry heals and they use that as a theory because you know we don't have a depiction in this scripture of why the uh levites and the priest passed the the man that we 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 have no no information as to why that was you know there's a theory that said well you know maybe you know perhaps the priest and the levite were on to their um you know assignments to preach somewhere to to do something i I don't know maybe it's and i don't think that's necessarily meant in an excuse but some you know it's it's left with a big air of uncertainty yet more so i think about well what does that mean when we're thinking about the scripture because the reality is the 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 part about the Samaritan is only a part of the actual scripture because the reason why it happened that you even got the story is because of the first two parts, which were about, um, you know, when, when the expert is asking Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And uh, Jesus says, well, he tells him, the experts, you know, replies back to the Lord and says, love the Lord you know, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Two things that I think, one thing that stands out to me is how isn't that in Proverbs? So it's always interesting when you see things, you know, more than once. And love your neighbor 
as yourself. And then Jesus says, hey, you're correct. That's right. Do this and you will live. But the expert, you know, was like, well, who is my neighbor? And that's the question I think oftentimes when we look at this uh, subject and what happened is, you know, the idea of who is our neighbor? You know, what, what does that mean for our everyday life? What would be the application of do this and go likewise? And <clears throat> what comes to mind is, you know, let's go into that a little bit deeper. You know, when we look at the phrase go and do likewise, here's what we see. Jesus isn't saying go and do exactly the same thing or go and do this once in a while. Too many times people, me, you, us, think that being a good Samaritan means volunteering, doing random acts of kindness or helping strangers in an emergency. It's not that I don't think that people should do that, but that's not the, necessarily just the sole message of our scripture today. Because why does Jesus tell this story? Especially when we look at the fact that it's not a story framed by uh, inherit, inheriting eternal life, you know, because that's the premise. That's how we got to the story. That was the original question. Rather, Jesus is trying to teach his followers to apply, I believe, the Samaritan's courage, compassion, generosity, boundary breaking solidarity in their everyday life. What would the world be like if we thought the state of our soul was uh, determined by our consistent emulation of the Samaritan. With this story, Jesus issues a radical challenge, you know, saying that they are that there are no non-neighbors. There is no one you can write off as other or outsider or outcast. We have to shatter the illusion that keeps us from seeing that we belong to each other. I think it's Francis Greg Boyle says, there is no us and them. It is only us. And what would our lives look like that if we treated each and every one, or not just necessarily treated, because I, I shudder with giving the concept of treating because I don't want to make it um, behavior modification, when the reality, the, the real concept I'm trying to, to, um, to share is, what if it was our practice? especially when we think about what's going on around us. You know, when we look at, you know, coming off of the election and, and the experiences in, in uh, that where winning is seen as more import, important than a shared commitment to the common good. Political polarization reinforces an us versus them. But when we look at it deeper, just in everyday life, when we look at this, this uh, parable and this, the meaning of this, this, these scriptures, the Samaritan resists the throwaway culture. And instead of discarding others in need, the Samaritan draws near. The Samaritan replaces judgment with compassion, fear with courage, self-interest with generosity and separation with solidarity. I mean, think about it. He doesn't go in the ditch and go, you know what? I don't know why this person is in the ditch. wonder what they did to themselves. You know, did they bring this upon themselves by doing, you know, X, Y, and Z? It's not my problem. I don't have time to do that. None of those things are um, 
in are stated in the scripture or or can can be seen by the samaritans practice it's also to, to think about important to note that culturally at the time samaritans and jewish people didn't have a good relationship so you know the ultimate point is you know this person is has been beaten stripped robbed and left for dead what keeps us from speaking up and being an advocate for other people being be their poor people be their marginalized people being an advocate being an ally for all people what keeps us from drawing near to those who we consider other or outside of our network of belonging if we call ourselves christians then we have to evaluate the depth of our commitment to go and do likewise not just once in a while or in an emergency but wherever we are however we can no more and no less because how we treat others our everyday practice is how we treat god that 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 that, that to me i often think about that you know another reason i think about that this is because you know as i was saying um when we're looking at you know the fact that this uh samaritan was willing to to go and 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 care for this person you know obviously you know the samaritan had other places to go because he gave you know to denary and said hey you know when i when i come back you know i pay you you know reimburse you for for your expenses you know so he took time and how many of us are, what's our, our practice in life where oftentimes, you know, we thought we're too busy uh, to be of help, to, to listen, to just be sensitive to what's going on around us. And I think that is so important. Another reason I think that's important is because when I think of the sensitivity and the need for sensitivity of, of things that are going around us, you know, in my own life, I can think of several people that I've known, either in Facebook groups or childhood friends that have lost spouses. If it's not this year, it's that people remember again because it's the anniversary of, of some of their spouse's death that maybe, you know, died a year or two ago. But it's still fresh, even though, you know, time has passed. Time time has not taken away that they remember loss, you know, during this season because it reminds them of, you know, this is when it all happened for some people. If loss is not the issue, if it's not a spouse or a child, you know, some people are grieving the fact that it's, you know, the holidays and seasonal depression is a real thing. Or just that concept and idea and statement about belonging. Because, you know, holidays and this season of going from Thanksgiving to December means home for some people. And a lot of people's uh, experiences of home is not like the Hallmark and Christmas movies. It's it's just not, you know, it's just not that. It's not that 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 depiction and, and there's this longing of 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 home, of what it would be like if things had been different, or better yet, how can you re envision home so you feel better or or can get through or have a ray or a hope of encouragement. And I think about those things in terms of the experience of practicing love toward other people the willingness to go to be present 
to sit with, to understand, to empathize, to advocate, to empower others. Instead of so many times we write people off and cancel people. Just my thoughts, just something I was sharing, you know, uh, with you as I think as we talk about the idea of what does it mean when we're saying go and do likewise? What keeps us from speaking up when we see injustices, uh, things that shouldn't be happening? We see them. We see them. Some, some of us are in the circle of experience and we see them. Question of the day, why be silent when you know it's wrong? Why? Why be silent? You know. The top things that come to mind uh, socially, there's been a, the experience of, um, I think there's a singer, gospel singer that was outed. And regardless of how people feel about that, you know, just thinking about the community in which he comes from and just the negative comments that people have said on on uh, social media. And those are just social media. Who knows what's being said in real life? But for those that know it's wrong to treat people as an outcast, speak up for people. Even if it's not a singer, speak up when you see injustice and things that shouldn't be. We get to say we have biblical, we have authority that is given to us. Why I, I, I'm often lost and why we do not use that to when we're in these situations to use our voice, to use our platform to to speak up on, on issues and, and for people and to stand in the gap. It blows my mind why we never do that or why we don't do it enough, why we are not always an advocate and an ally for people. Draw near. And lastly, I have to say it again because it's a quote that I keep thinking about. Let's shatter the illusion that keeps us from seeing that we belong to each other. We are a part of a body. The hand cannot say to the foot, I don't need you. It, it just can't. It can't say that we are a part of the body. There is no us and them. There is only us. And my challenge for you, for me, for us today is to stand up for all of us when you're in those spaces, in those places, to replace judgment with compassion, to replace fear with courage, to replace self-interest with generosity and separation with solidarity. What would it mean to stand with others, to not just stand when it feels good, to not just get a play card or, or put a, a sign in your yard, but to stand with them every day in your community, in your circle of influence, in and on your job. We get to do that and we can do that. But in order to do that, you got to be present. You, you, you really need to evaluate where you are. Your commitment to go and do likewise. What's that like for you? And to do it over and over again. Not just once in a while or in an emergency, but wherever we are, however we can, 
no more, no less. In layman's uh, terms, start where you are. Use what you have. Do what you can. That's all I have for you today. I love you. You'll never change it. You'll be blessed. You can always reach out to the podcast um, for prayers and uh, thoughts of encouragement. And if there is any need that you might have, please know that uh, we will make sure that it happens for you and do our best to either help you ourselves or point you to a resource that can. Encouraging your spirit podcast at gmail.com. You be blessed. Peace.